0: They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: I put it to a lot of people, captains especially, especially captains because, you know, they see, they see this fish a lot more, you know, so they have a better eye and they've all said at least 180. Mm. Um, and I remember, I remember uh, being in the water and I wasn't, I, I, you know, I'm not saying I have like these long arms, but. <laughs> I wasn't e I remember not being able to wrap my arm around like I couldn't even get down to the belly. Wow. You know, and that's and that's a big fish. That's a really you know? big I, fish. I, and I, yeah, and that's me trying to that's me having my hand on his jaw and you know, trying to turn him over to, to release him, and I couldn't I could not get my left arm down to the belly. I just couldn't turn him.
2: This is the Tom Rowland Podcast fascinating stories to amaze encourage and inspire you in fishing fitness and the outdoors and we're brought to you by black rifle coffee I started this podcast as a way to connect with my friends, people that I admire and respect, and you. It has been a learning journey that's made me a better person, a better fisherman, a better father, and a better athlete. I'm so happy that you're on this journey with me, and I'd love to hear from you with show suggestions, guest suggestions, or questions. The best way to get a hold of me is through text. You can text 305-930-7346 for the fastest response, but if you prefer to email, you can send that to podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. That's a dedicated email address just for the show. If you like this show, you can show your support by posting about it on social media and tagging me. Text the link to a couple of friends that may also enjoy it, And subscribe and leave a five-star review if you feel like I've earned it. The website is TomRolandPodcast.com, and that is where everything lives. All past shows, you can go and listen to any show. You can look up all the different shows that we've done both the how-to Tuesdays, the full links, and the physical Fridays. They all live on TomRolandPodcast.com, and the social media is Tom underscore Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, on Instagram, or you can go to our big account, Saltwater underscore Experience. I hope to hear from you soon. So now, let's get on to today's show.
1: I'm Chris Fishes, and I'm on the Tom Roland Podcast.
2: Chris, what's going on, man? what's up <laughs> I'm doing good I'm doing good I'm glad to have you on I've been uh, checking you out on social media got some pretty cool stuff going on
1: appreciate it thank you thank you
2: yeah so you're uh you're you do a lot of surf fishing right yeah surf fishing yeah. and and just I mean you call it surf fishing but it could be you know land land-based
1: stuff surf, surf casting um, you know for the most part yeah yeah
2: so where are yeah. you located
1: I'm um, in Miami. Okay. i I live more like on the outskirts, but not. Uh, I'm. I'm nowhere near the beach. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know it's dedication when you're uh, driving way out there on the coast. Yeah. And so, uh, putting in the effort.
2: Yeah. So how did you? Uh, how did you get started um, doing this?
1: Um. Well, first I started. I started doing freshwater, but. Uh, but the salt water, the salt water just watching tarpon and and you know seeing how smart they can be it just kind of just kind of tested me you know how how far can I go with them you know
2: where where was the first place that you encountered a tarpon
1: uh the keys yeah really <laughs> yeah the Florida keys yeah well, I was with my dad uh, six years old and uh, there's bridge you know just on the bridge and uh, I was like well this is a pretty big fish let me uh let me see what I can how, how am I gonna figure this out you know, and now, at, you know, 16 years old is when I really started dedicating myself to, uh, to tarpon and, 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 uh, you know, sword casting, you know, just as it is, it just woke me up. And I was like, this is, I want to, I want to, I want to master this. I want to get it as good as possible. And, you know, I want to, I want to be able to land a big fish from land.
2: Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a very challenging. It's a very challenging thing to do, um, extremely challenging, really. Um, what was it with the first uh, encounter you had with a tarpon when you were with your dad? Um, did did you land the fish, or did it spool you, or <laughs> like
1: what? Uh, what, what well, was I, didn't, I didn't even. I didn't even know what it was. Um, I didn't know what it was until my dad was he just jumped. He hooked one, and then it just jumped. And then I started, I, we were at, a, we were like, kind of like by a marina. And then uh, the closest bait shop was right there. And so I ran over there and I was like, well, what's that silverfish? And it's like green on the, on top. They're like, oh yeah, that's a tarpon. And I'm like, how, how do I catch one? You know, my dad was just there on the side of the bridge, just, you know, decorating his rigs, you know, like a chicken rig, just putting squid and ballyhoo and shrimp all over the place. And he was hooking more fish than I was, but, um, I definitely wanted uh, to get to the point where I can just, you know, figure out the best way to to land them from from land. I mean, I, I figured it was a big fish, so you know, oh, it's impossible to get them from land at, so, a, at a young age.
2: So what does that progression look like for you?
1: Now, you know, I, I feel like I've I've uh, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not like a captain where I'm catching 100 a year, 200 a year, putting clients on. I'm I'm more like. Uh, you know i i always wanted to get to the point where i can i can just look at the moon look at the tide and just show up you know i'm going to hook at least hook one and and then just leave i wanted to get to that point and i feel like i'm 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 about 75 80% to that point you know i have i have logs like literally logs written down of, of the moon and and the tide and and you know my last four big tarpon from, from the jetty, from the beach has been based off of what I've written down. So I feel like I've, I've gone really close to, to where I want, where I want to be, you know, in the surf casting world.
2: Yeah. And so between the ages of, of six and 16, when you get a driver's license and you can kind of do things on, on your own terms, what was your fishing like Then were you? your dad taking you all the time, or did you have anybody else that was taking you fishing, or what did that look like?
1: Um, Yeah. uh, Well, I got my. I started. I started really driving around uh, and chasing after them uh, when I was 18. I'd say between 16 and 18, and you know, until I got my license, I was uh, bouncing with, you know, bouncing around with my friends and you know, trying to figure out as much as I could, um, riding along with them. You know, but as soon as I got my license, I was like, I was just at every possible inlet and jetty and bridge, trying to figure out, you know, their feeding times and the moon, how how they how are they feeding on certain moons? And um, you know, now now I'm 23, I'm gonna be 24 soon, so I feel like I've I've gone I've gone pretty far. Um, you know, there's always progression. There's always room to to grow and learn. There's o- there's always, you know, you can't you can't master master one thing always, but you can get as far as as you can, as you allow yourself to. And uh, you know, I, I feel like even now, I'm I'm kind of comfortable. Not where I want to be, where I can just show up. Like, okay, yeah, they're gonna bite tonight. I'm gonna go out there and and I'm gonna for sure hook one. You know, even though the times that I that I have my confidence has been almost at a hundred because I'm like, you know, i there's been times I've walked up to the inlet. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hook a hundred plus 150 plus pound tarpon within the first 20 casts. And it's, it's been like that the last handful of times. So, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting to where I'm slowly getting to where I'm getting to where I want to be.
2: That's awesome. And so, um, what do you think the biggest challenges have been as far as like, so a, that's a big goal, you know, to like want to land tarpon from the jetty or from the beach or from a bridge. And there's tons of people that listen to this podcast that are bridge fishermen. Some of one of the one of the more popular ones that we ever did was uh, with uh, Chris Pasquale, and he was talking about um, bridge fishing and and got into into pretty good detail about you know how he how he kind of forecasts where the bite's going to be and everything like that. and um, what do you think the biggest challenges? are for somebody that wants to land a tarpon from land?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, there's, there's you know, obviously so many people target tarpon, so everyone uh, fishes for them in their own way, um, you know, and, they, and they, they're strong about their opinion and, and the way they target them. So I'd have to say my, my personal view Uh, targeting them is uh, you know definitely having patience for the fish you know um, it is a fish that you want to release safely so you don't want to you don't want to have you know you don't want to be too excessive with your gear and how you're landing them Um, you know having having your your preference of gear is is important I I use like extremely light tackle um, just so I can control the fish more.
2: What when you're talking about bridge fishing and jetty fishing for tarpon? What what would you consider extremely light tackle? Like what's your what's your rig that you your go to rig? Uh,
1: well, so uh, so getting to that, I, I actually stopped bridge fishing because I was just breaking so much of my tackle, mm-hmm. and and I'm like I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, I feel like I was harming a lot a lot more of the fish, um, and myself. In to be in, honest with you. in
2: what way? Like landing them or hooking them and leaving then, tackle uh, in them or what?
1: yeah yeah landing them for sure um uh, stressing out the fish a lot more it was just jumping w- more than, than than the fish had to um uh, and it was happening a lot and this was me at a young age trying to figure it out you know um so I, I stopped that i stopped doing that years ago you know until i realized that jetty fishing is is so much it's just it's a lot safer for you and the fish you're not beating yourself up mm-hmm. uh, you have plenty of time to fight the fish you know you, you can plan yourself Um, you know, where are you going to land the fish? How are you going to land it? You know, you have plenty of room and time, you know, depending on where you're fishing, obviously, but, uh, getting to the tackle. Yeah. I use, I use really light tackle because, um, because I feel like having control of the fish is, uh, gives you a bigger advantage than having power over the fish, if that makes any sense. So in other words, having a broomstick of a rod and just a giant reel doesn't always mean that you're going to land the fish, you know? Mm-hmm. What if you have too much strength and too much power with a fish? And you're like, yeah, you're horsing the fish, you know, you're putting too much pressure on the hook, you know, that you don't even know. You don't know how much pressure you're putting on the hook yourself. Right. A lot of times the, the hook fish. is
2: the weak link. I mean, that's it. Yeah. when you're really trying to put pressure on a on a fish and you're using heavy line and heavy leader, usually it's the hook that, that gives way, in my experience. Yeah. But, uh, right. but, but, you know, fishing from land is a very, very different deal than – than fishing from a boat. I mean, there, there are a lot of advantages to the boat and that's why I'm very interested in like what, what tackle you're using um, when you're land fishing. So what, what rod do you like to use when you're talking about ultralight tackle for, for this type of fishing? I'm not sure that that correlates to what I might consider ultralight tackle in a boat. So like, what, what are you using?
1: Um, yeah. So it's, um, it's a St. Croix, uh, surf legends rod. It's a okay. 12 to 25 pound, rod um so so yeah so it it is light tackle for me as or for a surf fisherman um you know a lot of the captains will use a fly rod i mean i feel like that's just i mean that that's just insane i think that's pretty impressive too to be able to land you know 150 pound fish with with such light tippet i think that's pretty impressive and i think that's really that's probably a goal of mine for sure but for a surf fisherman uh i think it's different uh because you have to you have limited uh room in a way because you're not really you're on land you can't really like chase after the
2: fish
1: when you're fly fishing for them you can chase after the fish and you take your time but uh from a jetty that is that is light tackle you know you want to try to turn them as best as you can
2: how much capacity do you want and what what line are you fishing
1: Uh, i'm using 40 pound braid Mm -hmm. uh, and the rods it's a nine foot rod um so it's not like i'm casting you know I, i i i prefer a 10 or 11 foot for sure uh nine foot is actually probably really small for uh for someone who calls himself a surf fisherman mm. um but yeah i'm using a, an advanced All, of course because you know they're just as indestructible um you can pretty much swim with those reels it's, they're great reels mm-hmm. um you know but um but yeah so it's, it's, it's a it's a 150 size uh Van stall with 40 pound braid and it's a you know it's a nine foot rod so it's it's pretty it's pretty light you hold it it weighs almost nothing you know Mm -hmm. but you just have so much control over the fish when they're jumping you know when 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 you when you set the hook i feel like you feel it more you know you kind of have an idea of how how the fish ate it i I feel like i sound crazy sometimes when i see that (laughs) Um, but yeah,
2: not, not really. I mean, you have a very, you're fishing braid. You're, you've got a very good connection to, to the fish. And then what are you using? Mostly lures?
1: Yeah. Uh, actually. So I brought one of these just to show oh, you. Oh,
2: sweet. Yeah. I saw a bunch of those on your Instagram that, that you're using yeah. those. Um, that's a, that's a, I mean, you're using mostly jigs like that.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, so this is a, an aspirin head. It's a nine Oh, it's a nine o black nickel hook, um, and, you know, there's there's no jig out there that is this strong, this best of, this best of quality. Um, you know, I've put, I, I mean, I can't explain, I'm not saying I'm the strongest guy, but I put some insane pressure on, on tarpon and trying to turn them, and uh, I've never had one of these hooks fail on me. You know, this is actually like a Cobia jig, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a pretty jig. You know, could, you know, it's, there's nothing, I can't say anything bad about this jig. I've so never had an issue with how it. How
2: do you like to fish those jigs, um, from, from the jetty? Like fast uh, or slow or on the bottom them? or how are you doing it? Cause tarpon eat everywhere, yep. you know?
1: Yep. 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 So, so that's a good question. So I try to use all the water. I try to fluctuate with all the, you know, use, go down the water column, um, sweep the top, sweep the middle, definitely sweep the bottom. My, my biggest one is close to 200 and he ate bottom.
2: Really, you caught yeah. your biggest fish is close to 200 pounds from yeah. land,
1: yeah, on a jig. Yeah, yeah. I remember. That's impressive, um,
2: man. That's really <laughs> impressive.
1: Yeah, I I've showed it to a lot. Obviously, I can't weigh the fish, um, right? Uh, you know, obviously not. But I showed it to a lot of people, captains especially, especially captains because you know they see they see this fish a lot more. You know, so they have a better eye, and they've all said at least 180. Hmm. um and i remember i remember uh being in the water and i wasn't i I, you know i'm not saying i have like these long arms but (laughs) i wasn't i remember not being able to wrap my arm around like i couldn't even get down to the belly wow you know and that's and that's a big fish that's a really big fish yeah and that's me trying to that's me having my hand on his jaw and you know trying to turn him over to to release him and i couldn't i could not get my left arm down to the belly. I just couldn't turn them. So that, you know, do you, fish, point, um,
2: you fish primarily jigs? Are there other lures that you like or, or almost always jigs?
1: Yeah. You know, um, we, I, I like using swim baits, uh, lying through swim baits, um, particularly because, uh, you land more fish, you know, with the, the bait sliding up the line, mm-hmm. the fish doesn't have the advantage to spit it out.
2: And when you do that, are you using a treble hook or a, or a J hook on the back? Uh, J hook. Okay. J hook
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah. Treble hooks, I have bad luck with them. Straighten them out a lot. Right. You know, and um, and and I, you know, I, I don't really worry too much about the the fish swallowing it because most of the time you, you have such a I mean I'm not saying I have like the fastest reaction, but you know once once you just feel that. Once they hit it, you just, you just, just immediate, you know, so you, they don't get the chance to swallow. They never swallowed any one of these. And this is, if you really think about it, it's just a jig head. Mm-hmm. So, and I've never had one swallow one. So, you know, but with a swim bait for sure, I've had, you know, I've had, I've landed more on jigs. I got to be honest. I've landed more on jig. Uh, probably landed maybe two, over a hundred on a swim bait.
2: Wow.
1: But uh, most of them I've been on, on jigs. You know, I just feel like I get a better hook. So, and, the, and the cool thing is, cool thing is when you're fighting them and you know, and, and when they jump, you just see the jig curl up right over their lip. And that's when you know you're going to land them for sure. Right. Yeah. That's the best part, right? When you hook them on the top of the lip and it's just like curled up and it's just sitting right on the top of their lip, just like that.
2: Yeah. You don't have any, you, you, there's no chance of the leader, leader rubbing through. Yeah. Or, or, that's or the wearing best part. through. Yeah
1: that's the best part
2: yeah that's cool man and so um i saw you fishing with my friend mike Cunahan. no donuts here he's a he's a avid avid uh surf fisherman and uh hardcore dude all around what'd you think about him
1: yeah mike's super cool super cool we've been talking for a long time on uh, on instagram a really long time he's been trying to get down here for a while um so we could fish for tarpon but uh he finally was able to get down you know he's he's working with first form his um, Mm uh his, you know, workout supplement company. Yeah. Um, so they came down to film and he he hit me up right away he's like, Hey, let's go. Let's go hit the jetty. You know, we uh you know, I wanted him to get on some tarpon, but it was just it was there was no current. It was a big moon. a lot of the times the big moons kinda at night kinda slows down the current. Mm-hmm. And um so there was no tarpon that night. So I just started Started throwing out the popper, and we were just hooking. I was hooking blacktips left and right.
2: Really nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Do you find that?
2: Do you find that the conditions, um, like if they're not good for tarpon, they are good for the blacktips, or like how? What? What? What do you think about the conditions? Or when you're having the best tarpon fishing, you're also hooking a lot of blacktips?
1: It's weird because that, like for example, that night there was no tarpon around, but there was blacktips around on a big moon. Uh, but then there's been times, especially this time of the year where the tarpon and the blacktips are just, I mean, it's, they're, it's just swarming the shit show. Yeah.
2: So what do you, what Uh, do you attribute that to bait? Like that's where the bait is and that's where both of those, both of those fish are or like, or is it tide or current or what do you, what do you think is,
1: um, the bay, obviously, I you know, I can't tell too much unless I see them blowing up on it. But a lot of the times when it is like that and it is blowing up, um, there's just it's just a good moon and good current. You know, that's you that's like the main thing. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Once they find a good spot to sit in, they'll sit on it for about an hour. Wow. The tarpon, especially the blacktips, they just roam around. But the tarpon, they'll sit in one spot for about an hour. And so I that's what it. you
2: got your that's what you got your logbooks full of are are those conditions and those spots that that uh, that you've seen that and that you feel like you can replicate it
1: Yeah um well the stuff like I'll try to draw out the spot and I'll kind of try to draw out the or the way the current's going and then I'll draw I'll draw like okay the fish are sitting right here they always sit right here you know I just draw it out cuz you know just for like for future preferences like what if I right. forget or whatever but like right now obviously I know if I go to the spot okay they're sitting right here. They always sit right here. They always bite right here. They sit right off the current, right on this very spot, and they hit. Um, obviously, on, on the best nights, they're always gonna sit there, and it's it's every time. Hmm. You know, you put your time into one spot, you're gonna you're gonna get a down pack.
2: Now, what about the um, other anglers out there? Do you see a lot, or is it have it to yourself, or what? What do you got?
1: Yeah, um, I do. I do bump into uh, you know, sometimes I do. Um, they don't, you know, and I don't like to, uh, look down on them, um, uh, until they get, until they get cocky. Um, you know, the, yeah, like, you know, anyone, anyone can hook a fish. Let's be real. You know, anyone can go and throw a jig for about an hour or two and, and hook uh, on the right night, on the right tide, on the right moon. Anyone can hook a big fish, but now can you land them? Can you? can you turn the fish do you know what you're, do you know do you know where what what your next step is you know do you know the times to put pressure on the fish you know are uh, you are you thinking ahead
2: out of all those things what do you think was the hardest thing for you to kind of get figured out timing on finding like, the, on finding the fish or on on what what kind of timing oh uh, fi- fighting the fish fighting the fish okay
1: yeah yeah oh uh, fight um Finding the fish, uh, that took a lot of time. I'd say, you know, definitely th- that took a couple years too. But uh, if it came down to fighting the fish, uh, timing was is is a is a huge factor. Um, and that's with a lot of the that's with a lot of the jetties too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of jetties on the East Coast where you have to, if you want to beach them, you have to turn them. You know, and that and timing is such a, a huge factor in that because. You can't just sit in the middle of the, uh, the jetty pour some in and then decide you want to walk them you know a hundred you know 80 yards to the beach mm-hmm. you know or, or around the around the rocks around the jetty. you can't do that you're gonna you're gonna kill the fish um so timing has a lot to do with it you know so the way i do it is you know just pretty much slowly walk them the fish is still 100 yards out 80 yards out okay let me get closer turn them even though he's 80 yards out you can still turn him um, you're pretty much walking walking the fish until you get to the point where you want to beach him mm-hmm. and uh and then the fish is fine you know yeah. and that's a lot of people that a lot there's a lot of things – you know a lot of the times the people don't get that
2: do you have do you have spots where you know you could hook a lot of fish but they're just you're you're never going to land them like you know oh, yeah. and and you choose not to fish there
1: yeah oh yeah I. oh yeah yeah. A lot of spots.
2: Do you think a lot of anglers are thinking that far ahead or do you think they get out there and hook them and have to learn the hard way? This is, I'm never going to land yeah. this fish.
1: Yeah. You know that, that, um, yeah, you know, it's funny that you asked that because I've re I- I've realized that recently too, because when I was young, that was, you know, at, at 16 years old, 17 years old, um, I was hooking tarpon left and right. Like, I mean, I, I could have hooked 50 fish in one night and, and jumped 50 fish and maybe land one or two, you know, and it was just so hard for me. And it, and then until I learned and now, now it's like, okay, now I can still go to those spots and hook 50 fish, but uh, I'm, I'm going to end up hurting the fish and I'm going to hurt myself and I'm, and I'm not, I, I don't care, you know. I I don't want to get, I don't, I don't need to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do that again. I'm not, I'm not desperate. I don't, I don't have to do that. And a lot of, a lot of the kids now that are just getting into fishing, they've only been fishing for, for eight months to a year or a year and a half. They're, they're doing, they're doing that, but they're not, a lot of them are not thinking that far ahead where it's like, why don't you just put in the time and figure it out and get to the point where, you don't need to go to the spot where there's a million fish, you know, and I I, I wanted to get to that point uh, well, I, I got to that point quick and I realized I realized I don't need I don't need to do that And you know, I just I just need to figure it out and I can go whenever I want And, uh, and I have to stress myself out or stress out the fish So mm. that that's that needs that needs to be more talked about too Yeah, I, I mean that
2: was like old school, super old school trout fishing. I remember, um, you know, that's what, that's what a lot of the anglers would would tell you. They're like, look, it's not about, you know, finding the fish or, or hooking the fish. It's about where you're going to land the fish because you'd have rapids down below you or something like that. And then you hook a trout and it shoots down the rapids and, you know, it'd break you off or it takes your whole fly line out or whatever. And so that's what it was always like, you know, you're only going to fish for a fish where you know you can land them. And yeah. and if, if that's important to you, I mean, I guess you know how, how often are they are they throwing the hook on that on that jig like that? Do you do you get a lot of them that just jump off? Like, I mean, we certainly do in the boat, you know, no matter yeah. what what we're using. So you you are and and we could actually like on a worm hatch or something like that. You can you can um, you know fish barbless and you can fish with with dull hooks and you can do stuff like that to where you know you're going to hook a lot of fish you're going to jump them and you don't have to land them like they're just going to get off. I mean, do you do that when you're in this, some of these spots where you know, you're going to, you know, it's possible to hook a lot of fish. So you, you adjust your tackle to where you are not going to land very many or, or you try not uh, to land any. No, you
1: know, I, I try not to, um, I, 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 you know, the way, the way I fish and, you know, I get, uh, I get made fun of a lot too, because <laughs> I, uh, I'm so simple and I'm so lazy. I, I'm am more of like I just want to hook one fish and I just want to land one fish and then I want to go home. You know, I'm more like that. That's you know. simple
2: and lazy. Yeah. And what time yeah. of the, what time of the night are you normally doing this simple lazy fishing?
1: Um. Well, it all depends. I I, I obviously, it, you know, the right tide could start at eight thirty, or the right tide could start at one, two in the morning. Right. You
2: know. Right. But so you'll go you whenever.
1: Gotta, yeah yeah but you, you know you, that's something you just have to, you have to figure it out you know you, you have to put in the time there's times i've i've slept out I've, I've literally slept next to a trash can once just waiting for the tide to change because mm-hmm. i i swore in my gut that that it was it was perfect weather perfect moon perfect tide like the fish have to be here they're gonna be here i'm gonna wait i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for the next tide and i'll you know i'll sleep it off for three four hours you know just waiting and and you know, just casting, just casting, casting, casting. And then there, there's times that I'll do that and uh, I don't get hit.
2: You yeah. Know?
1: But. <laughs> do you have <laughs> yeah, any uh,
2: know. Do you have any success in the in the daytime? On these on these uh, same spots.
1: Uh, I've never. I have I have fished them a couple times, uh, in the daytime, no luck. I feel like I don't I don't put the same effort <laughs> in the daytime as I do as night in the nighttime.
2: Does that fit your, uh, your personality Are you night? Are you a night person? Yeah, definitely. Are you? Definitely.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I want, I want to start, um, you know, obviously I caught, I caught the black tip the other day with, uh, not too long ago with, uh, with Mike. I want to, I want to kind of not, not shy away from tarpon, but you know, just try new things. You know, I've been, I've been chasing tarpon and for so long, I've caught so many, you know, I, since I was 16, I've, I've caught so many. It's like, now I want to like, okay, what can I, what else can I do?
2: So what's exciting for you now? Like what, what are you, when you're thinking about that, like what, what are the first couple of things that you think about that you'd like to do?
1: Uh, well, the black tips on, on top water. Yeah. Just, it, that's just, it. it gets your blood pumping. Yeah. And it, when it's just the top water and then all of a sudden black tip just goes flying 10 feet out, you know. 10 feet out the water and just flipping with the, with the popper, you know, that's, that's the stuff that, that gets the blood pop. Even if you don't land them, it's like, you got to see that. Mm hmm. You know? Yeah. That's and at cool. nighttime, at night, at time at nighttime, I, I feel like it's the coolest, especially when you have like the whole spot to yourself, you know, it's just, you know, it's a full moon, you know, it's calm, you know, you have the moon shining in the water like the whole the whole beach is just lit up and then all you see is a black the silhouette of a black tip just just spinning, <laughs> just flipping with with your popper. It, I think that's that's like, you know, National Geographic stuff, but you see it all yeah. the time. Yeah. You know, that's the stuff that I love I love to see the most.
2: That's super cool. And uh, anything else? Big snook, jacks, anything else?
1: Yeah, I've caught some jacks at night, some big ones um you know 30 40 pounders those are cool too i want to start doing that more i definitely want to start doing that more um snook you know everyone loves snook you know you can't argue with snook you know but um i feel like a hater because snook don't really get my blood pumping yeah they don't i I don't know what it is i you know not that i hate the fish i mean i love eating snook snook is delicious (laughs) you know snook season opens up you know tarpon are biting okay i'm gonna try to get a slot but other than that um you know i've got i've got some nice a lot of nice snook but it's it's not something that uh i'll uh that that really gets the blood pumping you know a nice triple digit tarpon that on a jig will will get me going or uh you know a black tip of course on yeah. top water that that's also fun too
2: so what do you do for work that, that um, you can have so much time to fish.
1: I work for, I work for Ray Rozier. <laughs>
2: right on. Yeah. Right on. What do you do for Ray? I,
1: I work for his tackle company. Okay. Awesome. R, R&R Tackle. Nice. Yeah.
2: And what do you yeah. do there?
1: Uh, So, so, uh, R&R Tackle is a fishing manufacturer and a brand and uh, a distributor. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I pretty much kind of, I do a little bit of everything there. You know, uh, we, we 3D print and uh make and prepare uh boat products, offshore fishing boat products, uh like bait tubes, bucket tubes. Um, you know, whenever we come out with uh, new lures, uh we make all the prototypes there. So we'll pour we'll pour all the tails there. We'll uh you know uh airbrush them um uh, you know and then we send them out. So we make all I make a lot of the prototypes there too. Um, and then, you know, I'll take care of some of the stores. We have stores, obviously, Mm -hmm. retail stores that we, uh, that we distribute to. So I'll pull the orders and, uh, kind of, I'm kind of, I kind of do a little bit of everything there. So, you know, it's cool.
2: Yeah. sounds like you're busy. So tell me about the 3d printing. Is that going to be, um, like you see that as, as, as a big future in, in the fishing business, like 3d printing lures and 3d printing other things. Like I never really thought about that that much, um, that you could, you could, do that like 3d printing is probably going to revolutionize a lot of things and eventually we're probably going to have some 3d printers just you know like you have a regular printer at your house you could probably 3d print all kinds of plastic things and i would imagine that you're going to sell a lure you sell the plans for a lure and then you just download it and print it at your house i mean i guess i don't know what is what's your experience with it it's interesting because i never really thought about that in the fishing business but you say you're you're already doing that
1: yeah so um so you know it's 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 really interesting i don't deal with any of that uh the the printers or the designing uh it's actually a friend of mine uh that uh i've known for a while uh he he's the one who designs the lures um and he he does all the designing on the software and it's cool where he just creates it and then just shoots it up to the printers prints out the master or, you know, something that we want to try out. We get to see the first everything. We get to test everything. So when um, he's, when when he's printing
2: we, that though, like that, that lure, is that like, I mean, when you pick that lure up, is that like a lure that you would like a finished product lure kind of thing? Like, is it printed on in, in the same type of plastic that you would, you would see, you know, or, or would uh, that plastic, uh, it, would it be like a, a prototype kind of thing? And then the plastic would be different if it was molded or I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so,
1: uh, pretty much, uh, there's a master. So the master is, um, the, pretty much the, the, you know, obviously the lure, yeah. it's just plastic. Then you'll it's, make a uh, mold
2: out of that, right?
1: Yeah. And then you get the, then you get the silicone, you pour it over and that's when you make the mold. Mm-hmm. Once you get the mold, then you can pour the plastic and then you get the soft, the you know, the, uh, soft, uh, the tail.
2: Yeah. Right. tail.
1: The tail. So this is a new, this is a new, uh, product we came out with. It's a slide bait. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a slide so, bait, you no know, to screw lock, um, and uh, so pretty much you put the uh, your leader through, and it's got the little pocket right in there, uh-huh. and then you just uh, screw lock it into the tail, and um, you're ready to go. Where's the hook go? <laughs> the hook sits, I'll show you right there, it sits right in that little pocket right Okay,
2: there. oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so... So it's so the, the line goes through the head of that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: I got a hook right here. This is a mustad hook. And then if so you
2: like, if you hook a tarpon with that, is the is the um, the the jig head going to slide up the line and and you just yeah tight yep. to the
1: that's it right there
2: yeah. And so it, it so when you hook the the when you hook up the hook comes out
1: the hook comes out. So it'll obviously it'll it'll just slide right out. Also yeah. while you're fighting the fish the 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 weight. Mm-hmm. the weight the lure will just slide up and um you're, you have all the control It's just the hook you Tarpon think you think that
2: um the the hook or the, the the bite to land ratio goes goes up significantly like that
1: no the, the land ratio it, it I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you uh, besides me slacking off and not paying attention I uh, I never lost a fish on a slide bait I've never lost a fish I highly recommend a slide bait you land more fish you know the fish doesn't have the advantage um, of of spitting it out because the weight, it it, it distributes up the line. Right. You know, Have you tried a circle
2: hook line. with that? You ever try a circle? Oh yeah, hook? yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That oh, yeah, works good. Can. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't. Obviously, you can't set it as well. It's a little region. different set, but
2: but, I mean, man, yeah, that that seems works. super deadly with a circle hook.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely works. Definitely works. Um, you can get creative with this. You know, you can use um any of your 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 preferences when it comes to, to hooks you know as long as the eye fits in there and you don't tie a ridiculously huge knot right it'll fit just in there and uh, what
2: what knot do you like to tie on that or what you know like when 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 ray's looking at that and every, you, you know all you guys are trying to figure out like what's the best rig here what what knot do you like to tie a loop knot or straight down to the you know snug down to the eye knot that works just, the best with that i'll
1: tie i'll throw on i i'll tie on a uni knot it'll okay. sit right on top of the eye just if it it's and in you'll pull perfect.
2: that you'll pull that right down to the hook
1: yep, I'll yeah i'll just tie it i'll tie it um pull it right through and it and that's it sits mm-hmm. it sits on there perfect you know and yeah, then once that's cool. know, are people using t- that
2: for other things besides snook and tarpon
1: yeah 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 they'll throw it i mean i went out the other day we were testing these these aren't even out yet um we were testing these things out we hooked up to a jack huge jack um, I lost one, my friend uh, landed one. Um and, and and the cool thing is that the, the tails don't rip off. Mm. Not you're not you can re, you can catch about twenty fish on this lure. Really? It's not gonna break because the, the the lure is sliding up. Okay. It's not like a regular swim bait, a regular jig head swim bait where the, it's just stuck in the fish's mouth and mm-hmm. it's ripping. Yeah. So you're really you're saving money and you can reuse this a bunch of times. That's cool. You know. But a lot of people are using this for for Cobia, you know. Ray was throwing this off, off the off his charter boats. Uh, and they were catching fish on it. So, you know, there's just nothing there's really nothing bad to say about the lure.
2: That's cool. And and that starts from the three D printer? Like you saw that whole thing kind of. yeah. Developed from, from a 3d printer. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's so, it's so cool. And and it's not just the lures. It's also, you know, a lot of the boat products, um, any boat products and yeah. And kind of back to what you were saying, we got, we kind of got off topic Like 3d printing is going to be a, uh, it's going to be big. It's going to get bigger, uh, especially in the fishing industry. It's gonna, you're going to see a lot of crazy things. Yeah. yeah. That's
2: for sure. I would imagine. I see, um, I've seen people 3d print houses there's like this company that that takes these 3D printers and they have they have these big arms and they have a 3D printer on the end of these arms and they can move the the 3D printer all around and they'll have two of these and they go on site and they'll start printing these houses and they're they're like, you know, kind of tiny houses kind of thing, you know, but they they print it right there. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's That's
1: true the houses. Is- I don't I don't know man. <laughs> what I, is they, it hurricane proof?
2: <laughs> well, I think so because one of the things also that this same company was uh, was building is they were building a wing for a jet and, and they figured out how to do it with like a geometric design that was stronger than than it was really, really strong. Like stronger than a conventional airplane wing. So And that was 3D printed too. Yeah. 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 I mean I guess, you know, there there's some things that you could do, I guess, that would be impossible to do with um, just conventional, I don't know, conventional tactics, right? Like if right. you could have like, if you think about it, like geodesic domes and different things like that, like like you could, you can create a really, really incredibly strong structure, but I don't know that you could that structure or that you could build that structure out of wood or you could build that structure, even, even maybe even, even, even welding that structure might be difficult, but you know, like it comes out of a CAD drawing and then it can be printed and it turns out to be incredibly strong. So I don't know. They're probably not made for, for hurricanes. Uh, yeah.
1: And for, for an airplane, I don't know if I could trust that. Well, yeah, I
2: mean, you're, you're right. I, I guess it depends on what it's made out of. It hasn't taken off yet. Uh, in oh, a lot okay. of ways, but but they are capable of doing this, and and it's uh, it's pretty interesting what they're doing. But I would imagine well, that uh, a 3D printer. One of the things I would think it would be doing is is making it incredibly cheaper to come up with your first prototype than it than it's ever been before, right? Like if you if you're drawing something on the computer and then you can 3D print it, just you know, right at your facility, and you have kind of an idea. Okay, well this is yeah. this kind of this might work, you know, and then then you might go into the I mean, how many countless millions of designs do you think looked really great in the drawing, and then they make a mold yeah. out of the thing, and they're yeah. like, "This is a disaster." <laughs>
1: that, I, I actually, I, I think that's like, a I wouldn't say a daily thing for us, but it, it's a consistent thing. You know, I, I, it's funny because uh, my coworker, he'll be, uh, he'll he'll be working on something, and um, and I'm, and we're just looking at the computer, like, "Wow, man, that looks great! Wow, wow." And then he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna print it out. I'm gonna print. It out. Yeah, yeah, print it out. And we'll stay, we'll stay late sometimes, or we'll come in early the next day just to see the the finished product, and we'll look at it. And it's just like, yeah, we didn't, it didn't come out like we thought it would, you know?
2: Yeah, but you didn't invest a tremendous amount of money or a tremendous amount of time into it, so it, yeah, so it opens right. you up to more experimentation, and and yeah. that's where the innovation comes from, you know, because if 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 it's so expensive and so time consuming to try to innovate, then you won't, you won't innovate. But if you can, yeah, yeah. if you can make it to where it's like, eh, maybe it costs a hundred bucks to do that. That's not, yeah. that's not like a hundred thousand, you know? And if it, if it's costing that much to do things, then you're not going to do things very
1: often. Yeah, but, it's definitely cheap. It's definitely cheap when it comes to, uh, trying to make prototypes. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a good factor. And, you know, when having so many, you know, we have, we have quite a few uh, 3d printers. So yeah, that, that's a big factor. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, you get better and better at it every time.
2: Nice. So do you think the direction of, of that business right now is more towards the lures or the boat products? Or what, what where's the vision for 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 Ray's company right now?
1: Um, I'd say both, for both? sure. Mm-hmm. Both for sure. 100%. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the lures, Um, and, um, and the boat products, you know, we, we want to, we want to make the best, the best quality, um, and efficient, uh, products for, you know, for fishermen. Gotcha. You know, offshore and inshore.
2: Nice. So what about, what about you for your, for this upcoming season? You know, now as you're, you're, you're kind of, there's a lot of tarpon around um so what, what do you have any kind of goals for this this uh spring this uh, going into the summer like anything that you want to do that you haven't done yet you said you wanted to spend a little more time on the sharks do you have any kind of uh, goals or, or, or anything that you're working towards there
1: yeah i definitely have been working more towards uh you know the sharks for sure um i definitely want to get into uh trying to catch a big a big tiger or a hammer from uh from shore Mm -hmm. uh from the beach um you know the tarpon tarpon is like once it hits february you know first week of february i'm already itching for a tarpon even now even now i still am um you know i've been out there three times last week maybe four times um you know it's just so it's it's been so windy it's been so hard you know but you know me trying to keep my patience it's like they're here, you know. And then when you do hook one, it's just you don't get the good, the the best hook set because of the slack, uh, on your line. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you, that's you, the worst.
2: You find that's the most challenging condition, the 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 high wind and rough. You know, when you're trying to do this this type of fishing, is that is that would that be worse than like a cold front coming through? I mean, obviously when a cold front comes through, it's often windy and and rough also. But you yeah. get the temperature that drops. But, um, I mean, what do you think the most challenging kind of conditions are for, for, for you when you're fishing uh, the jetties?
1: Um, yeah, the, the, the toughest, would I'd say, uh, uh, wind win for sure. Um, that, that's a killer. That's a killer out the there. Well, the
2: fish bite for you, but you, it's just tough and rough and dangerous.
1: It's it's super dangerous. The fish do bite. Um, they do. That not not as much as a as a good windy night. You know, I like I like wind, not not 25, 30 mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. You know, hitting hitting from the east. That that'll that'll that that will scare you for sure. I've been knocked off my feet a couple times. You know, I had a concussion before the year ended. Damn. Um, yeah, I landed I landed a hundred. Uh, I'd probably say. He's maybe 120, you know, if I'm, if I'm guessing. Um, and, uh, I was turning him over to release him and, uh, wave came and, uh, hit my head on the rock. Oh, next man. Day I could, yeah. Next day I could barely remember anything. Um, uh, you know, so it's those, it, you know, th- those, those are wake up calls for sure. Yeah,
2: you know, and so those are the toughest conditions. What would you consider the best conditions? Paint me a picture of the of the most perfect conditions that you could that would just get you so excited about going out there.
1: Um, so yeah, so you know, obviously everyone has their 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 preference. Uh, my preference and my my personal experience, I'd say a small moon, um, thirteen mile an hour winds, blowing at least east northeast like a northeast wind. that that's a solid win mm. and um and on an on an incoming tide for sure interesting you know? yes you know i'll you know i'll go in tides you know i I was, I was telling uh my friend the other day that if the outgoing was was really slow um then the incoming is going to be is going to be slow and uh, it's not going to be good so if you have a strong outgoing you're gonna have a good income. As far a, as the bite
2: goes, or as far as the current goes?
1: No, the uh, both. Okay. Both, both for All sure. All right. Both, current, current, and and the bite. Okay. because um, you'll have an idea where the fish is gonna sit. Okay. And usually, when you have, when usually when both tides are strong, um, the fish are just gonna stay in one spot. So that means the fish are staying in one spot for 12 hours. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, if it's a strong outgoing, the fish sits on that one spot, it's, it's gonna switch, ties gonna switch, they're gonna sit on that one spot, whether it's ten feet forward, left, straight, back, you know, they're gonna mm-hmm. still sit on that same spot. Yeah. I've seen it I've seen it happen firsthand. So
2: And then when you, you have know, a weak current, they just tend to go wherever. You don't know where they're going.
1: Yeah. Right? Those those are are a little frustrating. because uh, you 'cause you're 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 really you're you're really like blind casting.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, at least
1: if it's a strong current, you have an idea of where Where they're sitting
2: right so do you ever fish out of a boat
1: uh no no because because you don't
2: want to or don't have the opportunity to or what
1: um i'd say it's more i don't have the opportunity to right um and it's not not so much that i don't want to um you know I, i i test myself more i challenge myself more when it's uh surf casting yeah you know, that's, that's more of a challenge for me that, that that's more like a, like a thrill for me, even if it's just, even if I land two fish a year, you know, Right. that's, that's more like I figured it out. I went, I went that night, I figured it out, got what I got, you know, got what I wanted and, you know, I left, Mhm. but the boat, I, I probably, I think I've caught maybe one, one tarpon on a boat.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of wonder yeah. if you started fishing out of a boat, if you wouldn't just reap the benefits of all the things that you've learned um, from fishing off land successfully, because I'm sure that you learn a ton of things that people in a boat just run right over the fish and they don't even know they're there or don't, I don't know, maybe it's too close to the too close to the boat ramp, you know, and, and, and you put the boat in and you take off, you know, and a lot of people do that. A lot of people just yeah. take off and they run over all of the, you know, some of the best fishing there is within 30 seconds of the boat ramp, right? Or 30 seconds from the marina or, or five minutes, from, one mile from the marina. But you're going to, you know, you feel like you get in the boat, you're going to take off, you're going to go 20 miles. And uh, you're going to go someplace where nobody else has been. And uh, I just wonder uh, if you started fishing out of a boat, I bet you would be pretty pleasantly surprised about how some of that knowledge would would transfer over to to fishing, you know from what you've learned into the boat but not all of it you know <laughs> because the boat's yeah. the same way you got to figure every, you got to figure it all out you know you run yeah, 20 yeah. miles to a place that nobody ever fishes it seems like man if i could just get over there the fishing would be so easy well maybe you got to know where to put the boat you got to know how to how to uh, approach the spot you got to know all these different things it's just, i mean it's it's just the same and it takes just as much time to figure out i think as what you've been able to do but just a different approach, you know, it's just, just different approach. But I think that, uh, you know, a lot of boat fishermen and captains would, would be surprised at, at your knowledge. And then you might be surprised at what they know and what they also are, are doing daily, you know? And I don't think, I, think I mean, that's what, what's a, that, what
1: that, uh, the, the, boat, I didn't mean to cut you off that, that, uh, that the boat, because, uh, a lot of the spots that I'm fishing, the, uh, they, I think it's funny because, yeah, you know, surf casting, it's like it's it's you're you're trying to figure it out just as much as someone on a boat. Sure. But a lot of the times the boat like they're they're fishing right off the jetty. Hmm. I mean, that's happening a lot. Like lately, I've noticed that, you know, I went I went I went um, I had one of the jetties, uh, I'd say about a week and a half ago with a buddy of mine and we found them. I mean, we straight up found them. I think maybe us uh, screaming might have t- uh, alarmed some <laughs> of the boat people, but yeah. um, I, I definitely, I definitely have to say that it. Uh, I feel like sometimes they're learning from us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because they're coming straight. Up. This is happening a lot. They come a lot of these captains, and you know, not not to talk down on them, but a lot of them are just coming straight off. I mean, casting distance, huh. you know, So are distance, they,
2: like, in your opinion, they're right on top of the fish?
1: Oh yeah. A lot. Of, and this is happening a lot, huh. like, like a lot. They're, they're, they're like, oh yeah, you know, um, jump on the boat with us. We know where to go. And yeah, you know, like they're they're, Yeah. Maybe it is, it, it is efficient because you're, you're bouncing from spot to spot faster. But a lot of times they're going, they're, they're running straight to the jetty. Huh? they're running straight to the jetty. Yeah. You know, and there'll be three, four boats right on the jetty and they're cat, they're in casting distance of where we're at. You know, what
2: do you think that the etiquette should be there in your opinion? Like as a surf fisherman, what do you think that uh, the etiquette should be as a, as a boat person? You're, you're, you're pulling in there with your boat. You see somebody fishing on the jetty. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of boat people might think, eh, fishing on land. I can do whatever I want, you know, but, but you're a fisherman just like they're a fisherman. And if you were in a boat, they wouldn't be pulling right up to you like that. I just wonder, like, and I think it's probably a pretty important point. Like what, from your perspective, you spend a lot of time out there. What should a boat person do? Like how much room should they give you? What should they, what, what is proper etiquette?
1: Yeah. You know, that, that's a good question. There's so much, um, there's a lot of lack of respect, in my opinion, when, when exactly like exactly what you were saying, like they're on a boat. Oh, yeah, we, we can do whatever we want. Like there's there that's that's a problem. You know, you're a fisherman just just like we are. Right. It's just a different lifestyle. That's really what it is. Surf casting is a lifestyle, just like uh, people are fishing from the flats on a boat, you know, like a flats fisherman. That's their lifestyle. Not saying that saying that that flats fisherman doesn't like going offshore, but that's, that's more like their life. like someone who catches, you know, like, you know, like you, like, you know, you like catching bonefish or permit, like that's your lifestyle. Then you have the, the other lifestyle where it's like offshore fishing. That's their lifestyle. Surf casting is, it's a lifestyle. And you know, you, you have, everyone has to respect each other. Even like fly fishing, that's its own lifestyle. You know, we all have to respect each other for what we like to do in our preference of fishing. And I feel like um, back to what you were saying, the boat, you know, fishing off a boat, you know, how is there even an answer to that? How far are you supposed to be? You know, when we're targeting the same species at the same time, same time of the year.
2: Right. Same
1: area. Like, I I, I wouldn't know how to answer that because
2: I mean, two casts away, three casts away, you know, like. Or, or put yourself in, I mean, that's kind of the difficult thing is like, if, if all you do is ever, all you ever do is fish out of a boat, then you can put yourself in the other person's shoes and be like, well, if I was over there, I wouldn't want them coming this close because I know where the fish are and they come right through here. But maybe that person, there are a lot of people that fish on boats that have never Surf casted that have never gone, and then you have other people that start surf casting or bridge fishing or whatever, and they're like, One day I'm gonna get a boat, you know. And they do get a boat, and then they understand what the people on the bridge are doing, and they understand what the people on the jetties are doing. But they that's because they've worked their way up through that, but but not everyone does, and so I don't know. I think it might be, uh, you know, if 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 you don't want people running you over, um or coming too close it might be good to you know talk about like what you feel like a a good answer would be you know two casts away you know a couple hundred yards like if you're targeting the same fish at the same time uh, just just assume that that bridge fisherman or or jetty fisherman is a boat would you want would you go that close to a boat
1: you know we we when uh when i hit the, the the jetty uh The other night, uh, about a week and a half ago with with, uh, my friend, we, uh, I mean, we found them. We were, we were on them. We were, we were fishing the beach side for black tips and he turns around and he sees a hundred plus just in midair busting on mullet. And he goes, he goes, dude, there's tarpon right behind you. We turned around, we kept walking down. Uh, on the rocks and then uh, we were on them. We're throwing topwater and the jigs. I mean, I hooked a, I hooked like hundred plus on on the popper um, And then like two other decent sized fish and then my friend hooked three other fish too and then next thing, you know uh, Boat comes right on top of them. It's just going up and down up and down and bite completely turned off mm. the fish got quiet immediately You know like immediately And uh, and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron because it's like you're trying to target the fish, but you didn't approach it. You didn't even like you're you're hovering like you're literally hovering over the fish because all they're trying to do is look at the 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 fish finder. Yeah. And it's like you don't even have to use the fish finder. You know, (laughs) why don't you just approach the spot? Wait about 10, 15 minutes. Maybe if you see something um popping off or you see some bait or maybe a tarpon rolling because i've seen tarpon rolling a billion times at night which is it is possible if you have a good enough eye you know maybe if you approached it properly you wouldn't have you would you know you'd you have more hookups Mm -hmm. you know as a captain i would that's exactly what i would do you know there's no way i'd be running over where they might be there's no way the fish the fish are going to be there but they're going to be quiet they're not going to be biting you know, that's exactly what happened. You know, these people went right over where they were biting and then they got quiet. Mm. And they were rolling up and down for about twenty minutes, twenty-five minutes, and then they left. And then the bite turned off. You know, so it's like those even if you are gonna be on a boat, at least at least approach the fish differently so that way the surf casters and the people who are fishing on a boat can can fish, you know, maybe fish the same pot or, you know, the same you know, the same species that, you know, together, you know, that's, that's a main issue as approaching it. That, that would be my answer if anything.
2: Yeah. Well, it's good. It's a good topic. And, and the only way to, uh, really to, to have anything kind of resolved is to actually talk about it because most people don't, right. They just do whatever they want to do. And yeah, I don't know. But if, if, if people kind of understand kind of what's going on and why you need to keep a little further away, I think maybe, you know, a lot of a lot of people would, you know, a lot of people do something like that because they don't know any better. They think, okay, well, this is where they are. That guy can't cast all the way over here, but they might not realize that you've been walking up and down that jetty uh all yeah. night long, right? Like I, I don't know. I think I think a lot of times when people do something that seems just so stupid, it's not because they really meant to mess you up. It's like they didn't know any better. Like they've never yeah, fished off yeah. a jetty or yeah, they don't fish course, for bonefish or they don't fish for permit they're looking they're they're trying to make it through this channel and they just end up burning your whole flat and you're like that's that's so stupid man i can't believe that you guy know did i'm that. all
1: for it too like like on a being on a boat I'm, I'm all for it like i i don't i'm not against that at all because there's there's places where you can't go from land and you need a boat and sure and there's places that I, I i would love to fish Um, if I had the opportunity to, you know, jump on a boat and go up and down and, you know, I, places where I know there's fish. Um, but at the same time, it goes back to kind of what you were saying that, you know, sometimes they don't know any better or sometimes they just don't care. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. It's one or the other. (laughs) It's one or the other usually. Um, Chris, how do, uh, how do people find, uh, your social media and follow you?
1: Uh, well, I go by the name of Chris fishes. So (laughs) Chris (laughs) fishes, um, on, on instagram and then yeah. you're
2: also on that surf casting um there's another account right that you have or that you yeah
1: yeah how'd you know about that
2: i just i know a lot of things man
1: yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah uh florida surfcasters is um it's it's a brand that my friend and i opened up okay uh, that's a good page uh,
2: too i follow that
1: yeah 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 so that, that that's me okay
2: was that <laughs> supposed me. to be a secret?
1: No, no, not really. Okay. Uh, a handful of people do know. Uh, I run it. I run the page. Um, but it's it's uh, a, a good friend of mine and I who are uh, who started it together. Okay. Um, a while back, and now we're just trying to you know just kind of show people that surfcasting is a lifestyle and and you know it's it's a part of who you are. Yeah. As a as a surfcaster, because you know people surfcast their whole. I mean, look at Alberto. I mean, he's right. Surfcasting his whole life. That's that's a that's a lifestyle that we both appreciate. So you know, and Alberto loves us too. So it's it's we, we we're very appreciative by a lot of people. A lot of people have been doing it for so long. So you know,
2: well, for somebody like Alberto, it's it's nice to see young blood coming into the sport and being super excited about it, and and then being a uh, being like a you know somebody that's going to care for the, the 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 sport and care for the the etiquette and care for the Care for the the lifestyle and uh, man, I love Alberto. He is just, I had him on this podcast early, early, like probably one of my first fifty podcasts, first thirty podcasts. Probably he came on and and yeah. uh, he just told some amazing stories. And he's just he's just so passionate and so so uh, so he's just such a cool guy, man. I just really like him. He's yeah. he's a really good guy. Um, if I got if I
1: have crazy stories, I can't imagine Alberto. I would love to sit down with him one day and just and just hear him out. He's
2: got a crazy story. You should go back and listen to that podcast. He told me yeah. he died and came back to life. Oh wow. And uh he goes all through wow. it in the podcast. It's one of the better podcasts I think that that I've ever done. Um and he was just he was all about it, man. He got real emotional and he he just told all kinds of stories, not just about catching big fish and stuff like that, but about this uh this deal and all growing up and all, all the things is, it's fascinating. It was really, it was really a great, wow. great, great podcast and a great conversation with a, with a really great dude. But, uh, same thing happened here, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. I, uh, I like, um, I like the, the idea of the, of the surf casting and what you're doing with it. And, uh, you know, the, the etiquette piece was, was probably very important and something that I've never really heard many people talk about. So we'll we'll do that again. You think about you think about that, and you have a couple more run-ins with with some people, and then we'll get you back on here, and we'll talk about how to how how to kind of um, properly um, handle different situations, like like boats versus surf fishing. That's that'd be a good interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, um, man. You know, I I don't you know I'm gonna be honest. I, I don't I don't really watch. And 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 my friend makes fun of me a lot because I don't watch fishing at all. I don't as as much as I should. um, I don't. But uh, you you know you having your show it's cool to uh, to uh, talk to someone who who's out there every day and you know doing what they love. So that's what we're all chasing after here.
2: Yeah, that's right, man. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, Chris. Appreciate it, Tom. All right, man. Thanks, Chris. See you.